Hey, I don't know if any of you Northsiders have been a part of the family movie nights. Uh, if you haven't been, you've really missed a wonderful opportunity. They've been watching The Chosen, uh, I believe it's the first Saturday through the summer, uh, first Saturday of the month. And uh, if you haven't seen that series, The Chosen, I would encourage you to to watch that. It's obviously good, clean entertainment, but it really gives you a perspective on the life of Jesus and some parts that we don't, I mean, that, that aren't dealt with in the text, uh, the time before his ministry and and then during his ministry. And one of the things that struck me as we watched a few of those is Jesus's interaction with children. I think Jesus was a people person. I don't think he was dour. I don't think he was always serious. I think he had a good sense of humor. And one of the reasons I think that is because he drew all types of people, and he drew especially children. Kids have kind of an instinct about which people like him and which don't. And so, you know, kid people that are uh, have good people skills uh, tend to draw children very naturally. I think Jesus was one of those people. And, and this particular scene, which uh, is just a, a picture from it, but shows how Jesus would have reacted and responded toward the children's natural curiosity about who he was and where he came from and what he was teaching. It was just excellent. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 and 14, we get a picture in during the ministry of Jesus. And the picture is basically that Jesus is well-known, he's... Somewhat popular, uh, different reasons for people wanting to be around him. But in uh, verse 13 of Matthew 19, Matthew records this. He says, Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such the king belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. It doesn't take long to read a, a few news headlines or to look at stories of the day, what's happening in our world, and realize that the world despises children. They don't cherish their innocence. They don't seek to protect them. And in fact, there's a lot of things that happen in the world that destroy children. And so the world's very different in this regard. Some religious people are not big fans of children. Ah, get the kids out of here, causing problems, making messes, being loud. Uh, some religious people are like that. Even back in Jesus' day, Jesus' own disciples thought that Jesus was too important to be bothered with children. But he taught us a, a wonderful lesson in this brief picture from Matthew. That the kingdom is a place for kids. The kingdom is a place where children can come and be protected and loved and should be nurtured and taught about their father who is in heaven. And so that is the stepping stone for why we do what we do today and every year, Back to School Sunday. Back to School Sunday is a very special part, not just of North. Uh, of uh, it's not just a special event, but it's a special part of who Northside is. We believe in 
passing the baton of faith and sharing faith and showing our children the way to God through Jesus Christ. And we do this in lots of different ways. Uh, sometimes we have ministries like Faith by Phase. And if, you're, uh, if, you, if you have children, you should know about that and get receiving emails and, and uh, tools and resources to help you foster the discussion of faith in your home and around your dinner table. Uh, we, we do this with uh, the kids' classes, the Safari to the Sun and Loft and the youth group. We, we pour into that because we believe that the kingdom is a place for kids. We do things like uh, the family fellowship and the movie nights. There's purpose behind that. We don't just do that to have activity. We, we want to do something to foster faith and help families foster faith in their children. The storied family that we did a couple of weeks ago, uh, an excellent resource to help parents and grandparents and prayer pals be able to share their story with the next generation. And so this is just one piece of that puzzle. But God intends his people. He always has. He's always in, intended his people to be intergenerational. And we can look at a couple of scriptures to show us why that's important. Uh, turn to the book of Joshua. I'm sorry. While you're turning to Joshua, go ahead and turn there. But uh, I'm going to read to you from Psalm 78. Psalm 78, the psalmist says this. Give, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Now, if you're a Bible student, you realize this psalm is speaking about Jesus. Jesus was known for telling and speaking in parables and telling stories. That was what he was known for. And, and much of his teaching still impacts us today through those parables. goes on to say, Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from our children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the generation might so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children. Obviously, God wanted his people to know him and be in relationship with him. But they also wanted to, and God laid this on them, the responsibility of sharing that story with the next generation. So think about this for just a minute. It's not just about how God has worked in your life. Uh, I mean, that's important. But if you think about in the, in the story of your faith walk, how God has changed you, matured you, grown you, rebuked you, encouraged you, helped you, guided you, you, you those things come readily to your mind. You know that story. But let me remind you something. Your children do not know that story. And their children do not, will not know that story. Unless you're intentional about sharing with them what God has done. And so that's what I mean by we, we, Northside takes seriously this obligation to the next generation. We don't believe kids are a burden, but rather as scripture says that they are a blessing from God. And like all blessings from God, they must be stewarded well. 
Now, turn to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, verses 21 and following. This is as they are crossing the Jordan River. And they have come through, they have crossed on dry ground. And God calls them to do something unusual, and that is to take the stones from the middle of the Jordan, or the midst of the Jordan, the ESV says, and to set up a memorial for a purpose. Uh, We're reading in verse 21. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Let your children know what? Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. He's going to use this pile of rocks, these 12 stones on the bank of the Jordan there at Gilgal, and he's going to use this simple memorial to remind not just the generation that crossed the Jordan, but the generation that never crossed the Jordan, the generation that knew nothing about a dry Jordan, but only saw the running river. Do you have memorials in your life? When you think of your faith journey, do you you have times when you can point to places, objects, things? Uh, We were talking with Peyton Banning. Peyton Banning was baptized at Silver Maple Camp there in the lake. And so we were talking with her and, and telling her what a wonderful decision that was. And we started talking about being baptized at Silver Maple. My wife was baptized at Silver Maple. And it was in a much more uh, 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 less pristine area of the pond, shall we say. It wasn't nearly as nice as they've got it set up now. But, but that, that place, that pond, became a place of memorial, a reminder of what God had done in my wife's faith walk and in Peyton Banning's faith walk. And we don't give honor, we don't revere the place, or you know, we don't get into that sort of idolatry, but it's just a memorial. And this is what that pile of stones were to, those, to that generation. You see, God had done many, many mighty works. And he says, this pile of stones is going to remind you about not just the Jordan, but also about the Red Sea. This becomes a conversation place. And why do we need things like memorial stones? Well, because, as the old hymn goes, Remember, I'm human, and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. We we symbolically meet around this table as a memorial to what God has done, not just in your life, but in all our lives who are in Christ Jesus. The memorial is important because it it takes us back to a place in time to remind us what God had done. It reminds this generation that there was a generation before them. 
and a generation before that generation. That God had worked in many ways in times past, and he still will today. So God calls his people to tell the next generation. That happens around the dinner table. That happens Deuteronomy 6 style, as you're walking, as you're talking, as you're preparing for bed, when you're rising up, when you're going to sleep. There are many conversation points where we can point to what God has done. But this command comes with a warning. And that warning applies not just for this generation, but for our generation as well. Turn to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. Now... We are in the book of moving from Joshua to Judges. We're in a, a place where we're changing the chapter in the story of God. And the chapter change means the characters change and, and the settings change and the locations change. God never changed, but the characters do. Joshua chapter 2, this is page 254 in the Pew Bible if you don't know where Joshua 2 is. I'm sorry, Judges 2. Um, Judges chapter 2. Uh, this section is called, in the ESV, the, the death of Joshua and the Lord's raising up of the judges. Joshua chapter, excuse me, my goodness, Judges chapter 2 verses 8 through 12 is where we're going to read. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years. And they buried him within the boundaries of an inheritance in Timnatheris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. All that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Joshua's generation of, and, and Joshua and Joshua's generation died, but the story of God continued problem is that the story of God had not been passed forward. They had not passed the baton. Um, I don't know if you, anybody, if you, any of you watched the Olympics, the, but, the, but the relay, the baton, the passing of the baton, that exercise is so critical. And it's very challenging. It looks easy because we watch professional athletes do it. But the, the timing of that must just be just perfect and the person holding it has to be running at a certain speed, and the person taking it must be running and get up to speed, and you, you hold it back and you hold it forward, and that handoff of the baton from one to the next, and a misstep, a miscalculation can lead to a dropped baton and a lost race. Well, this is the importance of sharing the story of God with the next generation. Because the consequences are disastrous if we don't do it. Another generation grew up that knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Since the youth group is just back, I can pick on you guys. But this past week, you, you got to learn a little bit about what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. And I hope that that mountaintop experience was super impactful to you in your faith. But here's the thing. The question is not, was it impactful to you? The question is, will you tell that story? Will you share that story? Will you carry it with you? And someday, when the Lord blesses you with your own children, will you share the story of what God did on the mountain? Will you share that? Because they won't know that 
unless you tell them. And, and we, may, we must all take responsibility for sharing our stories so that the next generation knows the Lord and knows what he's done for Israel. We don't want to repeat history, and so we're very intentional about reaching and teaching the next generation. So we love them, we teach them, we invest in them, we help parents, we support families, and chief among those is what we do today. And what we are committing to do in the coming school year. And that is this. We pray for them. Lots of churches have good ministries and lots of things for kids. I know of very few that do something like prayer pals. And, and now we've done it long enough that it is, we have prayed over a generation if we've taken the responsibility seriously. We've prayed for individual students by name every day on purpose, with purpose, that they might know the Lord and what He has done. And that's what Prayer Pals is about. I tell you all that because sometimes in the midst of having done, you know, so many back-to-school Sundays, it's easy to think, oh yeah, here's it, we pray for them, and I need to sign the thing, and I forgot to do that, and And, and I want to call you back to remember why this matters. That it's part of sharing the story of faith and leading the next generation to know the Lord. Because there's going to come a time in 10 years when some of you that are in here will not be here. Will someone know your story? There will be a time in 20 years when some of you in here will not be here any longer. And will someone know your story? There will come a time in 30 years when... Some of you who are in here today will not be here. Will, will anyone know your story? There will come a time in 40 years when some of you who are in here today are no longer here. Will someone of the next generation know your story? That's why Prayer Pals matters. It gives you the opportunity to make an impact one student at a time. And so today we're going to be praying for our students. We're going to be praying for them as they go back to school. We're going to be praying for teachers and grandparents and influencers and college students and the whole bit. But but I, I want to ask you to not just say, "Oh yeah, we got to get we got to get through this. We got to do this thing now." It's we do this every year. I hope you'll take seriously what kind of moment a day like today is. And that in every prayer, you'll pray with all your heart as we're led by our shepherds in prayer. And that you will take the uh, orange sheet and fill that out today and turn it in and commit to praying for a student faithfully every day. Because it may just be that relationship that allows someone else to know the story that they would not have known otherwise. Today we're praying for our students as uh, they head back to school. And so we're going to pray for all the students, but also all of the people impacting the students. And we're going to start by praying for their grandparents and parents. Uh, These are the first lifelong influencers and leaders of the family. Psalm 127 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord. The offspring are a reward from Him. So uh, if you are a parent or a grandparent, I'm going to ask you to stand at this time. And one of our shepherds, Jim Andrews, will come and pray over our parents and grandparents.
Holy Father, we come to you today. We humbly ask for your strength, for your guidance. Father, we pray for children. And Father, I want to lift up, especially now, our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. Father, I pray for the parents of these children that you will help them to teach, help them to demonstrate and live godly lives, to teach their children to love you. Father, I pray for the grandparents. Help us, Father, to be an encouragement to our children as they raise our grandchildren. Father, help us to know what to say, when to say it. Help us know when to keep our mouths shut. But Father, I just pray that uh, as parents, as grandparents, that you would Uh, Help us to share our individual faith stories with the children. Father, may they know our struggles. May they know, Father, and see and understand how you have helped us through so many things. How you have been faithful to your promises to us. Father, I pray a special prayer for those who may be raising their grandchildren. Give them strength, Father, to do the things that need to be done. They're in a tough situation, Father. Just pray that you give them an extra measure of strength, faith, to do the right thing. As you told the Israelites long ago, Father, may we as parents, as grandparents and great-grandparents, tell the next generation of your love, and wonderful deeds. In Christ's name, amen. Have a seat. Thank you. And thank you, Jim. Next, we're going to pray for our teachers and influencers as they prepare to head back to school. Uh, They're going to be in a position of influence in the lives of our students, and we want to pray especially for them. Uh, Influencers are can be anyone, uh, administration, para, bus drivers, tutors, support staff, you name it. Uh, We want to pray for you and the influence you have, whether you are a public school teacher, a private school teacher, a homeschool teacher, uh, you are really living the reality of 1 Corinthians 11.1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Uh, Your impact cannot be uh, underestimated uh, how much you impact their lives. So we're going to pray for you. If you're a teacher, if you're an administrator, a para, a bus driver, a tutor, support staff, if you have any involvement with uh, the education and upbringing of children, I want to ask you to stand at this time and one of our shepherds, Brent Groves, will be praying over you, our teachers and influencers. Father, Your splendid design calls for us to begin learning and growing from the time we're born until the last breath is taken. And during those most formative years, Father, you bless us with individuals who have the gift of teaching. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for those people who have dedicated themselves to the vocation of teaching. Father, thank you for those who have have, uh, who have the opportunity to uh, be an influence around the, for those around them. 
Many of us have that opportunity. And Father, we confess that we underestimate the awesome power of that influence. Father, bless our teachers and influencers. Give them just the right words at the right time. Father, bless them with creativity in their teaching and influence that will inspire their students with insight into the hearts of those that they are teaching and bless them with the energy to do it well and to be bold. And Father, we pray that you help our teachers to show their students how to understand the world as it really is, not as it appears to be from our human view, but from your view. Give them boldness, Father, to proclaim that everything they learn leads them back to you, that you are the center of everything that is good. And Father, after all is said each day by these mighty people of influence, I pray that you would help them to do it with love, genuine, sincere love that comes straight from the spirit that is alive and living in us, Because without love, Father, we know that all the knowledge in the world is worthless. But through our love, they will see you. Father, we pray your richest blessings in every way on these, your servants. Through your loving Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brent. Maybe seated if you uh, next we're going to pray for our kindergarten through sixth grade students if you are heading into the ki- uh, kindergarten this year or uh, anywhere kindergarten through sixth grade we're going to ask those students to stand at this point um, I'll ask if your uh, parent or grandparent that brought them that you will also stand with them and place your hands on their shoulders uh, children you are given some uh, teaching in scripture Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Uh, You have uh, great things ahead of you, and God has great things ahead of you, but your parents and grandparents are going to be the ones who help get you there. So kindergarten through sixth graders, please stand. Parents, please stand. Parents, grandparents of those children, please stand with them and place your hands on their shoulders as Doug Wagner will now pray over you. Let's pray together, please. Dear God, you gave us an example in Scripture where where your son drew children to him. And and foolishly, his disciples scolded scolded the people that let the kids come to him. Jesus put a stop to that, Father. Children are not a bother. Children are a, a blessing and a potential for the future. And Father, we need to love them, we need to respect them, we need to hold them up, we need to guard and protect them. Father, they're so pure, and so they're, and they're so curious, and, and they have so many questions, and they can be so tiring because of the questions. Give us strength, Father, to, to guide them, to answer their questions, to, to kneel down and play with them. Father, help us to, to see them as Jesus saw them, 
and to understand that they are a model for us as we consider spiritual things. We need to receive the word of Jesus the way a child does. Help us to to look at these precious souls and and invest in them to dedicate ourselves to their future, to their safety. Father, protect them in today's troubled world. Uh, Help us to do everything that we can do to protect them, to lead them, to educate them, to bless them, Father, as you have called us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Doug. And now uh, we're going to pray next for our uh, youth group, our 7th through 12th grade students. So if you guys will uh, stand. I know it's hard for them to stand. They're just back from from camp and they're very tired. Uh, hopefully it was a good tired. And one of our shepherds, Craig Greenwood, is going to come up. He's spent the week with them as well and uh, can bless them and pray for them in a special way. Craig? Before we pray, I just want to mention that it was a blessing for my wife and I and my daughter and son-in-law to be with the teens up in the mountains. It was an incredible time. We ate together three meals a day. We played together. We studied together. We discussed many issues of life together. We hiked together. We sang together. We prayed together. And uh, there were a few tears shed along the way. It was a grand experience. I was grateful for the opportunity to be with you guys. I look forward to more of those opportunities to come. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we blend our hearts and minds today, mindful of our kids, we're especially mindful now of these teenagers who are learning about you, they're growing in wisdom and stature, and we know the verse that's shared with us in Luke about your son who grew in wisdom and stature and grew in favor with God and with men. And that's our prayer for these teens, that they too would grow in favor with you and with mankind because of the people that they're becoming. Father, as I think about the names that I look at on this list of the ones that are coming in, that'll be seventh graders, the ones that are eighth graders this new year, ninth graders, tenth graders, juniors and seniors, and and those that have uh, invested their time as leaders that are going on to college or whatever the next steps are in their lives. Just mindful of these children of yours that are learning about you. And Father, my, my thought, my prayer today is that for the ones that have heard the truth, that have been around it and rubbed elbows with it and have yet to give their life to you and follow the pattern that we see ten times in Acts, that those that heard the good news were struck with the reality that they were carrying their sins and were overwhelmed by that, but encouraged by the good news and the power that the good news is. When I think about Satan roaming the halls of our schools, not just through the hallways, but in the offices of leadership where the world is bombarding us with so many things. My prayer is that those who have not yet answered the call might be um, through whatever is going on in their life, through their parents, through those that uh, have influence on them, relatives, uh, guardians, grandparents, those here at Northside, whoever it might be, that would help them to see that to answer that call and to do what Jesus did for us, go through the experience of the death, the burial, and the resurrection.
in obedience to you because you're sovereign. You're our God, you're our Lord, our master, our creator. And that in that process, what you do for us is one of those grand, just amazing acts that washes away our sins the world doesn't understand and instills in us the gift of your Holy Spirit, the counselor, the guide, the one that can help put up the guardrails to help us walk our daily lives. If we don't understand it, it's hard to comprehend. You showed it visibly with tongues of fire in the early days, just so people could realize the game had changed in the history of the world, that you were willing to instill your spirit within us. Help these teens to understand what that means. And if they haven't realized what that could be for them, may they make that decision soon this year and have your counselor much better than a school counselor, your guardian, your guide, your stay, be with them at all times as they face all of these things that create worry, concern, and doubt in their lives and that they would have you with them 24-7. It's amazing to know what you've done for us. Help us to keep teaching the truth. Help us to love these teens Surround them and encourage them and pick them up when they need it. And may they, as they learn this week, may they be reminded of the importance of building their relationship with you through prayer, through through your word, uh, through rubbing elbows with one another in fellowship, and that they also remember that they're called out. They're the ecclesia, called out from the world to be different. And through your help, may we be different, more different this year than we've been in the past. That's my prayer for these teens, and may we assist them through this year that it will be a great progress for us, for them, and here at Northside. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Craig. Next uh, will be our college-age students. Um, The college uh, time uh, is a very important time in your faith journey, and uh, we have a... So a college-age ministry here at Northside that is, uh, has a great group that loves to get together, loves to be together, uh, and loves to encourage one another. And so we want to include them in this time because it is so important, and we want to pray our blessing upon them as they leave the nest and begin to spread their wings in life. So one of our shepherds, Brent Clothier, will come and pray over our college students If you're college age, you can stand up with us. We're not going to let them off. I, I have five guys in this group. Stand up of you. <laughs> so this is a special group to me. A couple of them are gone. One's gone off to Alabama to become a preacher. And others started uh, last week at the OC. So let's go to the Father in prayer. Father, we thank you for letting us approach you. We know that you answer our prayers, and it is a special morning to lift up these young people to you. As couples, Father, we prayed for and about each of these people before they were even with us. We rejoiced the moment we knew that you had answered our prayers and blessed us with each one of these babies. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers and entrusting these precious souls into our care. The time we've had with them since we brought them home from the hospital until now has passed in the blink of an eye. Father, we love them so much. Together as their physical family and their spiritual family, we pray that we have trained them well 
encouraged them, and built them up so that they are ready to meet the challenges of this life in a manner that is pleasing to you. We pray they are capable, hardworking people who are dedicated students of your word. We pray that the guiding words of wisdom from your scriptures have been securely planted in their hearts and minds. Give them wisdom as they choose the people they will surround themselves with and who they will choose as their mates. Father, we pray that their first instinct in good times is to praise your holy name, and when difficult times come, that they will humble themselves before you and seek your wisdom and the guidance of their church family. We pray that these young men and women will search for the church wherever their travels take them and that they will make it a priority to always be involved in and dedicated to your work. Father, we ask that you would forgive us for the mistakes we have made as parents. There have been many, and we will make more in the future. Despite our mistakes and the poor example we have set at times, we pray that our children will be better parents than we have been to them and that they will have a deeper faith than we have. Father, there are moments when these young people do or say or make decisions that give us concern. In these moments, please be with us as parents. Give us an added measure of patience and wisdom to navigate the changing dynamic of the relationship. Father, we thank you for the example that Christ set for us by humbling himself and submitting to your will by enduring the cross. May Christ's example be on our hearts and especially when it comes to family relationships. May none of us be so prideful in our dealings within our families that we won't humble ourselves and ask for or give forgiveness. Father, please be with these precious young people. Protect them and bless them as they transition from our constant care and start lives of their own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brent. Thank you, college students. So beyond praying today, what's next? How can you be a part of the ongoing prayer for the next generation? We're asking for your help. Um, And as I've already mentioned a couple of times, uh, you should grab one of these if you don't have one. And you can go ahead and fill that out right now while the preacher's talking. I know some of you do that anyway, but just just fill this out and uh, let us know that you'd be willing basically to make the commitment. It's simple, but it is profound to pray daily and faithfully for another student. And so just fill that out, turn it in uh, in the boxes at the back. Uh, We'll send out an email uh, again to remind you, and you can reply to that as well. We, it will take us a little bit of while, a little bit of time to get it all sorted out and match everybody up and all of that. So give this office staff some time. We'll send out prayer pal assignments on August 31st. You'll get something in the mail. Usually there's not only the name of your prayer pal, but also a couple of resources to help you in what to pray for as you pray for them. Things to help you be a good prayer pal. Uh, prayer pals do a lot of different things. People go to concerts, people take lunch, people bring gifts, and all of those things are wonderful. Um, nothing wrong with doing those things. But the primary, the primary purpose is to be faithful in prayer. If you do nothing else but that, you've 
done exactly what Prayer Pals is all about. So after you get your assignment, we would like you to connect with your Prayer Pal. Uh, That may be right here in the foyer, maybe tracking down some parents. If you don't know who they are, come find me or one of our shepherds and we'll point you in the right direction. Uh, Maybe giving them a call or a FaceTime or something, a Zoom or something like that, just so that they know who you are and vice versa. Uh, So connect with them and then, then finally pray faithfully. Pray faithfully for them each day and pray for God's work in their life. In their life, Prayer Pals is a big part of our intergenerational mission at Northside. It works because God works. And as we end today, I want to make an invitation that if you uh, need to respond to God's work in your life, if you, as Craig talked about, uh, enter, want to enter into the relationship with Him through the death, burial, and resurrection by imitating that in, in faith, repentance, and baptism, uh, we'd invite you to do that. If you need to respond to the gospel, do that. If you need the prayers of this congregation, we'd invite you to do that as well. We'll have shepherds at the back, and you can respond there, and uh, we'll help you with whatever needs you might have, and be glad to assist you in that. As together, we stand and sing.